Calling boss. I'm gonna give a bad vibes disclaimer right now because <laughs> I have to say New Zealand, stunning country. Wi-Fi has been absolute dog shit and I'm the worst version of myself having to spend hours every single day dealing with bad Wi-Fi on vacation. I have been, I'm, oh my God, it has been testing my patience. It is an area of personality development I clearly <laughs> need to work on. Hi. Hi. I'm so, so that's my bad vibes disclaimer. I do have a question for you, Amanda. Okay. My question is, have you gone to any of the special forces sites that our, our bosses have learned to become special forces at? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question because I did, as so many people do, go to New Zealand to punish myself. Um, but unfortunately, I'm actually not sure where the special forces sites are. So I've, I've seen some beautiful mountains, some beautiful seas, and I can only hope that I am sharing the environment that <laughs> former bosses once reveled in. More importantly, yes, I want to give you the biggest virtual hug, high five, Aww. happy dance. You were on our TV screens. Ah! Ah! Okay. Hugging you back, virtual hug back. <laughs> A million questions. First, okay, first of all, just like more general, floor is open, reactions to being on TV, seeing how things appeared kind of like in the edited form versus how you lived them, just like anything your brain was thinking of. I mean, I'm losing my mind. This is all so overwhelming in like a fun, crazy way. I have no words. I'm speechless at how incredible everything has been. I feel like I fell into another parallel dimension a little bit. <laughs> um, but seeing the reaction from people who I would, you know, watch with essentially, like the other fans on Reddit, the other fans on Instagram, and seeing them react positively made me so happy. It's making my heart swell. My heart is six times bigger than it was a month ago. <laughs> She's a reverse Grinch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. And I feel like, okay, so can I just say something that I really appreciated watching it was I felt like obviously it was super edited, but there was so much about your essence that I feel like they captured. Like one thing about Anne, she will heart react messages like there's no tomorrow. It is so supportive. It is so uplifting. And I saw in the exchange with Tom when like you're being forced to write some pretty wild things, which I'm sure we'll get into momentarily, but I saw you heart reacting to Ariana kind of like giving terse responses to what Tom was saying. And I was like, that's my girl. <laughs> I do, I do overuse the heart react way too much. Not, I don't think you can be overly supportive. You know, I just want people to know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I just want you to know that, like, I love that. You're you a know? loving texter. Because you can't see my face. <laughs> yeah. So. And it's like, if they could see your face, it'd be smiling. That's Aww, the truth. thank you. <laughs> um, can we hop right into it? This scene with the birthday party. Oh my good golly gee whiz. How much translating are you doing from like what Tom is telling you to type versus what you are actually typing? Oh, good question. I will say so in the second scene that you saw where 
Ariana justifiably doesn't want <laughs> the birthday party there. And we come back with like a second offer, essentially, where Tom <laughs> is, is basically like, what if, you know, I only invite 12 people and everybody's gone by midnight and you see me typing as fast as possible because, I mean, you caught some of it in the scene, but Tom is telling me what to type. Like, I'm transcribing what he wants conveyed to Ariana. And I could already tell by what he is telling me to type that it's turning into more of a... What's a nice way of putting this? Well, when I was little, my mom would tell me all the time. She would like she would ask me a question, but if I said no, she would say, "Amanda, that wasn't really a question. It was a polite demand." And so there, I was sort of getting some polite demand. Well, it, yes. I don't know how polite it was, but uh, but I personally was maybe getting a bit of demanding energy just as a viewer and not as someone who's there. Yeah, it was definitely like instead of "Hey, can we do this?" turning into "I will do this." <laughs> And that kind of made my heart leap out of my mouth. And so you see me just like finish the sentence and hit send. And then I turn to Tom and I'm like, oh, whoops, I already sent it. <laughs> because I knew just like gut instincts. It's probably better for the situation if I come at it with sugar instead of vinegar. Like you ask nicely, asking for permission rather than... Then forgiveness. Yes. Thank you. I wanted to ask kindly rather than to make a statement. I thought that was like a better way of going about it. So I admittedly quickly texted the question and then told Tom like, oh, whoops, I already sent it so that, you know, I could get away with asking nicely rather than making the statement that he wanted to. Totally. Because also like he's with his friend and I think, you know, whenever you're with your friend and they're hyping you up and really helping yeah. you see your side of things and sort of like validating that, like that's a ticking time bomb in a situation where people are already on kind of opposite ends of things. So it makes so much yes. sense as you being like one of the few people who's actually in the center of Tom and Ariana who's not kind of like leaning into one of their viewpoints intensely like having to find that like compromising middle ground kind of thing yeah as your assistant I'm trying to help you get what you want and I think that asking nicely is a better way of going about it <laughs> not that he listens to this podcast but Tom if you were um you know s sorry for this confession but also like I was trying to do you a solid. Forgive me. <laughs> yes, that makes so much sense to me because we saw right after in the scene where Lala is kind of like asking Ariana a little bit more about her thought process that so much of it comes down to principle of like Ariana feels like this is a person who has blown up her life mm. and now feels entitled to do whatever he wants with the rubble. And so I think it's like you were so dead on about like it's not just, you know, mm -hmm. because that's the way that you might want to behave with Ariana it's also a like this is the best way for him to get what he wants definitely I do remember I think there's like a scene where kind of jokingly Jason and Tom are like well what if we had the party anyways and then I informed them that well Ariana did say she'll call the cops uh looking back at that now I was like wow I must have 
kept that from him initially because I knew that would upset him. Totally. (laughs) I also thought that was such a tactful interjection on your part of like, you know, one of those things where it's like, it must be really hard because I think so often like, you know, if you're working in an assistant support staff role, you were trying to not necessarily be like disruptive to what's going on. And so it takes like, I don't know, it takes some gumption to, to enjoy the conversation. I thought it was like such a smart time to do that before it snowballed even further in like the hype man validation train in we deserve a party direction yeah 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 for viewers who might be confused with the timeline tom's birthday is in july so this was july 5th or 6th i want to say if there's any fans out there who are surprised by ariana's reaction i would say Um, This was literally a few months after she found out about the affair and it was not a time to party. (laughs) You could still feel it in the air. I felt so bad asking Ariana about the party and seeing if it was okay. I remember in between takes, I would would just apologize profusely to Ariana. Um, Yeah, I I felt so bad. I even like... Months later, when the teaser came out and the scene, you know, was in the teaser, I texted Ariana like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) She's so sweet, though. She was like, no, don't worry. (laughs) And like, I remember as she was leaving the house, me being like, I love you. (laughs) Telling her like, Well, I was so curious in watching that because, like, I know so much of this is, like, editing and I feel like conversationally a lot of warmth is conveyed in tempo. And so that's something where, like, in the edit, like, they don't even need to, like, do a Franken edit and, like, remix your words. If just taking away certain pauses or making it sound like you're responding really quickly can, like, really change the tone. Mm. And I was just so curious, like, how did you feel like the tone was in Ariana talking to you when obviously, like, you are the face of... Tom Sand or you're like the mouthpiece of Tom Sandoval in that moment did you feel like she was kind of responding with like the kind of emotion that she would feel towards Tom Sandoval the emotion she would feel towards you something in the middle oh I totally thought it was justified like there was a big part of me you know I'm putting myself in her shoes and if I was in that position I would probably be like wow the audacity of asking me if you could have (laughs) your birthday party in this house in this situation if, if there was, like, any frustration, I could tell that it was definitely towards Tom. Like, I didn't take it personally. You know, I am the mouthpiece, so I'm, I'm going to see the reaction. Like, she's a very honest, sincere person, and she has every right to feel annoyed <laughs> at this request. So I totally didn't blame her at all. Totally. I wanted to quickly add, that was also the first time I ever saw Ariana upset. <laughs> So it was a little shocking, you know, but at the same time in my head, um, you know, like when you see a friend who every time you see them, they've always been like happy and chipper and kind. And it was like the first time that you see them have like a negative reaction to something you said. And even though it wasn't coming from me, it was coming from somebody else. And I was just relaying the message. It definitely I had that moment of like, oh, no, I made mommy mad. Like mom's mad at me. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Totally. Yeah, because like when it feels like such a departure from how someone behaves, usually like in the moment, it's kind of like jarring or like a little like freaky. But then I feel like when you zoom out, it's almost always reassuring because you're like, 
ah, yes, this is a person with a full range of emotion. They just choose to exist on this very positive end of the spectrum most of the time, but they have the full human range. Yes, totally. Did you feel like you took on a lot of stress in having to be the go-between? Like, I I know to some extent it's like you know that you're just having to – it's your job to to kind of communicate – what he's saying on behalf of both of them so it's it's not like you're saying this stuff but I was I was curious just like on an emotional level how stressed were you oh I was totally stressed I was super super stressed (laughs) I can't hide it it was it truly was very very stressful and coming from like a complicated upbringing with divorced parents I wasn't new to being the mediator in a situation like that. I instinctually know what this feels like, what to do, not to take anything personally. But at the same time was, you know, coming home after work being like, oh my God, I'm like a little bit reliving some trauma. Also just trying to emotionally handle these people that I've cared about for so long, dealing with this really awful situation. And then on top of that, there's this other layer of like, oh my God, this is all being recorded on camera for the nation to see. (laughs) This is (laughs) wild. Like I'm still kind of wrapping my brain around all of this. (laughs) I feel like you're very much someone who's like, your stress manifests in like, positivity like (laughs) like at the end of the ariana conversation when it was like it was tough you know like obviously she was really displeased with the information you were forced to communicate and then when you just gave a double thumbs up i was like godspeed (laughs) (laughs) yeah i definitely was disassociated for a lot of that time period (laughs) and i feel like my therapist probably was working overtime (laughs) it was crazy trying to explain the situation to my therapist who didn't watch the show like trying to recap 10 seasons of the show just so that she could understand the nuance of what my job was was extremely bizarre (laughs) totally you're talking about scandal or as tom called it scandal fever did you pick up on that (laughs) i was like i get why maybe he might feel he probably doesn't like the name scandal because it has his name in it but i thought it was so funny that he called it scandal fever yeah he wanted to rebrand probably (laughs) (laughs) um at the very end when there were balloons that tom was like he wasn't into i have to know did were you were you the one who put the work in to set those up yes yes (laughs) i was thinking that you kind of saw it in my reaction when he described the balloons as baby shower balloons (laughs) i was a little heartbroken (laughs) yeah (laughs) looking at them now i'm like yeah they do look like a baby shower balloons But I know that he wanted a a little bit of decoration just to be a tiny bit festive, but also not too much where the cleanup was going to be too crazy and have Ariana come home and be like, oh my God, what a mess. So I went with some colorful rainbow balloons and then I realized I couldn't find the, like the pump for blowing up the balloons. So I had to blow them up by my mouth. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. I tie them onto the string. They're too high up, so I had to find the ladder. (laughs) I'm kind of like a crazy perfectionist sometimes, and I like things to be very even, so I had to, you know, keep moving the tape a little bit (laughs) so that it's, like, directly over the patio door. Oi, oi, oi. I know. Oh, boy. Why why was I so precious about it? (laughs) No, but it's... But I feel like... Also, 
I'm sure, or I don't know, I imagine, like, a part of my brain would be in this place of, like, Tom is kind of a, he's a huge social pariah. He's just burned, his actions have burned bridges with so many of his friends. And, like, birthdays are really vulnerable. Like, it's kind of scary to see if people are going to, like, remember and celebrate and, like, all of the things. And so I feel like there's also a part of you that's, like, I do want to do a good job at this. Like, even though I might have kind of separate human feelings about this, like, as someone who I know well, I, like, you just, like, you just want to make people feel celebrated on their your birthday. So I think it's, like... Of course you tried really hard. Yeah, totally. I, I did have that feeling of like, what if this is really awkward? I'm so glad that people are going to show up, that he has other friends that could come over and hang out with him. Seeing how down he was at the time, I thought, you know, part of my job is to make him happy and make sure that he's he's doing all right and taken care of. So I wanted it to be a nice time for him. And I also, you know, being his assistant, I know all his like favorite snacks, the kinds of things that he likes to have at a party. So getting all that and setting it up, that is kind of my favorite part of my job. It's pretty fun. Totally. You're a party planner extraordinaire and you can set stuff up like no one's business. (laughs) One thing you set up like no one's business, your booth at BravoCon. And we are joined today by your BravoCon assistant, by a Hollywood TV writer, by somebody who's done it all. (laughs) Molly Kiernan. She's an incredibly talented writer, incredible human, and she's coming up next. Hi, Molly. Hi. Hi. We're so excited to have you here. Welcome. Welcome. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Do you want to, well, because I feel like long-term friendship here. So I don't know if you want to do some (laughs) I'm the senior. Yes. You're a senior. senior I'm a junior friend. (laughs) Hoping to rise in the ranks quickly, you know? <laughs> exactly. Maybe make birthday invite by Yes, Christmas. oh my god, definitely. Absolutely, 100%. definitely. I love Molly so, 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 so much. Like, I am so deeply in love with you. Aww. Like, love same. you. Same. Mutual. Oh, my God. Molly is a Hollywood writer. <laughs> Molly writes for The Connors on ABC. Yes. Wow. I know. Yeah. Legendary show. And also was the assistant to the assistant, me, at BravoCon. Yeah, more importantly. More importantly. More importantly. You were my assistant at Correct. BravoCon. It was, I had the time of my life. <laughs> and we just want to be very clear, a reminder, an yeah. announcement. We are not here to be mm. mean. This is not like a, like, assistance rebel. Yeah. This is like, let's hear from assistants. And yeah. so we just want to normalize being a boss. Okay? On this podcast, we already normalize being assistants. So yeah. We want to normalize being a boss. Anne is a boss. Yes. <laughs> as well. I got to be a boss a for a weekend. Many dualities. <laughs> and I also think it can be easy to kind of, like, position, like, assistants versus bosses. Mm-hmm. But it's like, as, as the famous quote goes, Kim Kardashian was an assistant. And Molly, I know you've had other personal assistant experience yes various, like actors Hollywood people yes and so it's like we just want to be very clear that this is like a fluid thing this is not just like uh you're on one team or the other oftentimes people flow throughout both of them totally yeah. and so I think yeah we can get into BravoCon and then also I'm sure we'll get into some of the other like crazy Hollywood happenings absolutely yeah okay <laughs> when did you guys work BravoCon together and also what was the hiring process like for oh <laughs> I basically begged for it. <laughs> when what it was it, not this year's BravoCon the year before, or it was 2022. Yes, yeah, it was the one in New York City. Yes, wow. yes, which During was the pandemic. 
famously, a lot of people said that one was super chaotic and not yeah. organized well. Yeah. People said that it was the um, fire, fire fest. festival. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But apparently the one in Vegas was was amazing and, and very like well thought out. So I wish Ugh, we had I, gone, I wish. gotten to go to that one, too. Me, too. It feels like a lot because New York City already has famously too much going on. It feels really hard to shove a massive event into an already very like hectic kind of environment yeah. yeah and it was at the javits center which is right by like penn station so already crowded area it's a big convention center so it was just like fluorescent lighting yeah. you have people walking around wasted at 10 in the morning which i feel like is much better in like, vegas yes that's, that's vegas in, culture right that's already vegas culture so it's like normal but like i mean we'll get into it i'm sure but at one point ann and i were working and someone just vomited right in front of our booth <laughs> Oh my god. Like this in, in broad an daylight. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. I mean in broad daylight, but it was sort of just like, oh, this would make a lot more sense in Vegas. <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 yes. And he did it like a ballerina. We were giving out samples of Tom and Tom's brand. Good lovin'. Good lovin'. Yeah. It's a legit delicious whiskey. Oh yeah, and I learned all about it. <laughs> the guy came to get a sample and he was kind of doing it throughout the day. And then around noon, he like did another shot and then just so cleanly, kind of gently tilted his head to the side and was like, blah! And it came out, it didn't get on him or anything, it just like came out straight onto the, like a tiny little puddle on the spot. Yeah. And he just tiptoed away really fast. danced away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, okay, so we were selling merchandise for Anne's boss and we were one of the more popular booths because of um, two cute girls. Yeah. Two cute girls. (laughs) Really good merch. They had really good merch and um, also these whiskey samples so like i think it was our booth and then dorinda's booth were the ones giving out the it girls yeah giving out samples and so people were loving it yeah but our booths we decorated that booth super cute too i'm curious because okay i feel like i'm very much admittedly like new to the bravo verse it's kind of i'm in my first year but as hopefully like an entry point for the other new bravo girlies or the people who dabble so BravoCon, the idea of this is like this, like there's this colossal fan base of people who watch Bravo and this is their chance to interact with the people on the TV. What would you say are like the goals of Bravo celebrities going into mm. it? Like what do you think constitutes a successful BravoCon for people? Like what are the experiences that they're after? Uh, people are mainly there just to meet Bravo Lebs, I think. And I yeah. feel like the Bravo Lebs are like, they are working the whole time. They're getting like chauffeured, especially like the housewives who are like, you know, the top tier Bravo Lebs. Yeah. They're getting escorted by security. Like, you see Dorinda walk by you, like, yeah. escorted by security to her next event. But it's always, it's, like, signings, panels, photo ops. Yeah. And the fans want to get as much interaction as possible. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When Kathy Hilton walked through BravoCon, I think it was Kathy Hilton. Probably. The crowd went crazy they all like everyone like rush just to see her like walk by like from one stage to the other and everybody was like ah! like that beatles mania chaos and it is really fun and exciting to be around that because i'd be like who is it who is it and then molly would kind of climb on her chair and look and be like it's kathy olden I mean, yeah, like, yeah 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 because we we were we had the safety of being behind a, a table yeah and in a booth which i preferred because people were going nuts and in at the new york one there were like i guess which we weren't even part of because we were working but there were like issues where like 
you know, people were waiting in line for hours and they never got to meet their Bravo Lebs. So then like oh. they apparently one of the like housewives panels, maybe like New Jersey and New York got stampeded. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, cause they're like, you know, there's like barriers and people yeah. just like busted through so they could go sit. Like, cause there were different tiers of tickets too. So like people spent all this like crazy amounts of money on like VIP tickets, but then like didn't get the opportunities they wanted. <laughs> so allegedly just took it into their own hands. But yeah, this was all secondhand stuff we heard because yeah. we were we were safe in our little booth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like in part of the show, like I just think for me, what's been very fascinating since entering Hollywood and entertainment <laughs> is Hollywood. like seeing who does work. This is not to say that, like, the talent doesn't do work, like, but, like, the, there's so many yes. people who are, like, the face of events, who are the main attraction, but it's so interesting to me to see how stressful, scary, and intense it can be to be the person who is, like, making sure this thing, like, happens. And so at BravoCon, like, who would you say are the people who are, like, the most stressed, doing the most work to, like, puppet master this event? Good question. I mean, there was a lot of just people, like, staff, like, BravoCon staff, yeah. where, you know, wearing, like, t-shirts and stuff that were just sort of, like, constantly having to, when, like, at our booth, when um, the, the Tom and Tom would come over to, like, meet fans. Yeah. The staff would like sometimes we'd let the staff know so they could set up like um, you like know like ropes ropes and, and lines for people to get in because otherwise it was so chaotic and so I think those people were not only like managing all the booths making sure like everyone knew where they needed to go but then also being like we have to keep everyone safe mm-hmm. so that's so stressful so stressful and then the stockroom people because there's so many booths I don't know how they managed to keep things kind of organized. It was crazy. If you, like, ran out of sweatshirts, then you, like, had to find a stock person and be like, I'm in booth A13. Yeah. Oh, it's, like, it's like, the, like the back. Yeah. Of, yeah. Like, in yeah. air quotes of, like, when you go to a certain, like, do you have more in the back? Totally. Ginormous right. warehouse. Because the booths were really small, yeah. so you couldn't fit all your, like, boxes of t-shirts and stuff. Yeah. So they had to have this organized system in the back. It was, like, it was very intricate. It was very intricate. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, something, this is a total non sequitur, but I, when you guys are mentioning the booths, I'm thinking about, like, old-timey world fairs, and I'm like, what if, if there was a way to swap (laughs) one Bravo Liberty booth and one, like, World State Fair booth at the event, can you imagine, like, going to the World's Fair in, like, 1849, and it's fucking, like, Whitney from Salt Lake City? She's, like, there with a goat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so also, like, what is it like? I imagine it was very collaborative, but, like, what was, was there, was there a power dynamic? I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I, Anne knows this world, and it's Anne's job, so I was sort of just deferring to her, and she, so much of being an assistant, right, is, like, knowing who you're working for and how they prefer things, and so she's very good at that, and so I was sort of just, like, let me know what to do. But I also, uh, since I've been an assistant so many times, like there's something about being in that environment where like, like I just, I go into assistant mode in a way that's like, I don't even realize I'm doing it. But like subconsciously, I'm like, I, I kept finding myself being like, 
should I check with Anne if like this thing needs to be done? <laughs> yeah. And then I'd be like, she knows, she knows her boss in the world and I don't, you know what I mean? But I'm like, I I'm on edge, not even in a bad way, but you're just on edge in a way that's like different. And I'm thinking about my old bosses and I'm like, oh, well they would want me to do this. So you're like, whatever, you know, it's, you get in a headspace that's sort of, it's shocking how quickly I like shifted. I, I want to say, Molly, you are such a great assistant. I'm oh, like, thank you. Absolutely. I believe it. Oh, my God. She, not this, everyone she would agree. <laughs> I've had some bosses that might not agree, but that's okay. <laughs> Makes reviews. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, Molly killed it. Well, yeah. but, Anne, like, how did you feel in that environment? Because, like, mm. you're in a new city working in this sort of like high stakes event that you hadn't worked BravoCon before, right? No. Yeah. Very first time. I did not know what to expect. And I kind of loved that it was pure chaos because like that's how I imagined it in my head. It was. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you managed it very well. Thank you. But it was wild. Once people found out that Anne was, you know, the personal assistant, they were like flooding her just to chat. (laughs) Yeah. So then Anne's becoming, you know, like a celeb in her own right. And I kept just being like, because people would ask me questions. They'd be like, one of the guys coming in. I'd be like, I don't know, ask Anne. And just like threw her under the bus. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to unpack boxes. How did that feel? Like when you have like people who are just so intrigued and captivated by details of your everyday life. Is there yeah. a part, like, w- like what's going through your head when people are like kind of like foaming at the mouth asking you about your life? Any person who grew up in like an unstable home as a child and then became, <laughs> We're say that yeah, a lot. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also grew up to become an improviser actor. <laughs> I was like validation. Oh my god, you see me? You are interested in my job and you care about my point of view. I mean, I created a podcast just to, like or we. I'm so sorry. No, <laughs> that was very rude of me. You created, what I created, happened? we created, many created. But but yeah, and especially because a lot of my job is to be in the shadows, like hide. A lot of times in the beginning, you know, like Tom would want me on set for like just getting necessities. You know, when you got the mic on and everything, like you can't move and get stuff. So it's really helpful to have someone be the gopher and like grab stuff for them. And then like in a rush, I would have to hide. So I would just jump into any room or bathroom and just shut the door and like wait till the take is over. Totally. Well, I think that kind of goes back. Like what you're saying reminds me a lot of what you were saying, Molly, about how when you're an assistant, like anticipating other people's needs. Like I feel like I in entertainment jobs, jobs plural, because I've had more than one. So I'm not talking about a specific one. And if any lawyers think I am, they can calm right down because I've had multiple. Um like in entertainment jobs, like my brain tries to become an extension of my boss or whoever I'm like kind of working under that day. Where it's like I literally feel like I'm so I'm hyper focused on all these specific details in a way where I'm like trying to view the world through their eyes so that way it can catch anything that needs to be altered but then I think when you do that for a while it can feel it can kind of really like fuck with your own like sense of identity or point of view totally well also just being a personal assistant like it's such an intimate relationship Yes. and you you know like depending on like the job like I've had jobs where it's like my hours are sort of like all over the place because I'll get like texts whenever or like I'm working out of their house all the time it's so different like and then like I was a personal assistant and then I started being like a writer's assistant and script coordinator and it's like even the difference between those jobs Mm. were nuts because it's like 
you don't even realize how intimate your relationship is with this person or these people you're working for and you you really are like it takes up so much of your brain space yeah personal assistant is like you're someone's left arm it's like, like yeah you know so much about this person it really is like kind of a very intimate job that's kind of rewarding in a lot of ways yeah yeah absolutely yeah i'm like thinking about like seeing someone's bedroom like the intimacy of yeah. that and like also which we're in right now which and it's beautiful <laughs> and it's clean and i'm like and i'm thinking about like when you see someone's like messy bedroom yeah. like how humanizing that is oh like, i know the first like yeah. most for like friends like, I feel like a lot of times it's like, it feels like a real milestone in friendship. Like the yeah. first time we were talking about this the yeah, other day. Yeah, we're sitting, like, sitting on someone's sit on bed someone's for the bed, first time. That's a milestone. And also yeah. once you break the bed seal, you're always allowed to do it. The first time you sit on someone's bed, you've opened the yeah. floodgates forever. And yeah. you're always allowed on their bed again, unless you get in a weird fight. Oh my God. It's, it was like such an honor to like, if I was sitting on the bed and doing laundry and then like Ariana was like, hi, and she'll be laying in bed relaxing. And then we'll just be like chit chatting in the bed. I'm like, oh my God, are we Paige and Hannah? Like, this is so yeah, cute. like, like we're friends. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, there's like the do- like I feel like the domesticity setting element yeah. of it with like personal assistants specifically, where it's like you are like operating in their home. Molly, like early on, and like without naming specific bosses, like what were things that you noticed that like just made a really big impression on you? Like just like memorable moments from jobs, whether it's times like like you felt really like challenged, like this was a really difficult role, whether it was times where you were like overcome with like the humanity of like a famous person just being like someone with an inner child, like. Yeah, I remember like my first, cause I I worked some some assistant jobs in New York um, and the main boss I worked for in New York was like honestly pretty chill. He was a UPM and he was just like the money guy. And wait, UPM? Uh, uh, unit production manager. Okay. Um, I think yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was the you know the main producer on like especially with the budget side of things on like all these different shows and and he was very chill and like uh super easy like uh to manage like to know what he was thinking because he would tell me. Uh, and then I moved to LA and like I was a, a personal assistant here and for for multiple different people and like uh yeah that that's when I started like working out of their houses I remember like my I was working out here and and my bosses had had were in like a newish house I think and so I would do a lot of Home Depot runs and I was living in Culver City at the time and they were in Hollywood. So like uh, if they weren't home and I couldn't work out of their house, like I'd literally just work in the Home Depot parking lot because I was like, (laughs) I'm new to L.A. I don't know where to go. I can't drive back to Culver City. It'll take me an hour. There's a hot dog truck in the parking lot. Yeah. And I told I'm sure I could have just asked them like, hey, can I work out of your house? But it's like you're scared. You like don't know. So I was like, I'll just sit and like I I love my car. So I was like, I'll just sit in my car with my hands. You just unlocked a memory for me, which is I remember going to Home Depot because I'm pretty certain. I mean, I can't accuse anyone, but so the number addresses in front of Tom and Ariana's house. Yeah. One of the numbers just mysteriously disappeared one morning. Oh, weird. So I had to, like, find another, that number that was, like, similar font 
to the numbers that are already there, which didn't happen. Right, so it's I just... like such a specific thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're probably like, that's the other thing is you're like, you then are in this relationship with them, so you're <laughs> pissed on their behalf too. You're yeah. like, I gotta get that new number. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How are we gonna get our mail? Yeah. What a nightmare. What are you? First of all, what what are you doing with that number? <laughs> it's art. You're Kissing doing it. art or something Hugging like. It. What else? What yeah, functional just purpose? To, like, have a token that no yes. one cares about, yeah. you know? Yes. Little, little gremlin just be like, ooh, precious. Yeah. But it's like, people could, like, run down the street king every single car. Yeah. Like, there could be chaos. I feel like, I think Absolutely. about this all the time. I'm like, oh. we are hanging on by a thread as a society. And it's falling apart. I mean, yes. I, yeah. I literally caught two, like, 13-year-old boys trying to carve the Weezer W, like that, like, with the little flicky things on the ends. Into my car. Was this in the 90s? <laughs> what? Not even. This was like 2010s. Okay, all right. <laughs> There's like a weird part of me that was like, well, I do love Pinkerton. It is all about a half Japanese girl. Like, maybe I should just walk away and let them finish. Right, <laughs> right. So you're like, they already started. Let the vandals finish their art. <laughs> Respect their process. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I, I feel like it's really hard to articulate this specific brand of Hollywood crazy people <laughs> like the way that rich people are like a little cuckoo here it's like yes. it's very hard to find the words did you have moments as an assistant where you were like fucking rich people like what the fuck yeah well I, I found that a lot around like having to like well first of all I was like I should take it I should be I guess a little more like this but I do find a lot of like rich people in Hollywood are like cheap or like um, <laughs> very much like I gotta make sure, you know, like I'm on top of every return and everything. And I'm like, oh my God, like I never even returned my Amazon orders that I never use. Like, and then it makes me think about all the money I've wasted. Right. And I'm like, why? I'm like, while I'm like, my whole job is like making returns all day, like frantically doing that. And yeah. yeah. Watching someone put on like $700 eye cream with snail like placenta in it right. while they're being like placenta. Uh, I think they overcharged us by $2 uh, the salad didn't actually come with an avocado right. so and can I'm we get like, that refunded right. yeah. I'm like how do you know that that's why they're rich totally it's like <laughs> I guess I should be doing that too you know and like working on TV shows and stuff it's like people get so much money to like an actor if I might get so much money to come in for one day yeah. and I'm like oh my god yeah the and that I mean it's not even them it's like their agents and stuff yeah and I'm like the the point what at what point do you get to where you're like I am worth that I am Gosh. worth those hundreds mm. of thousands of dollars. Oh, how much therapy do you need to right. get to that place? And maybe you don't. Like, maybe you're just like, my agent did it for me. Like, I don't fucking yeah. deserve this. Like, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I think about that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. For question for both of you. Yeah. Um, what's like the craziest item you've seen someone with a lot of money buy? Oh, good question. That is a good question. Oh, that's, a, that's one where I got to really think about. You take this one first, Molly. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> it can be a thinker. I know, I'm trying to think. Um, Craziest money. You're doing like word association? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy money. money. Gold. <laughs> There's like, I guess like tears of alcohol that I didn't, I don't really know much about. I'm a poor person. So like I drink 
whatever you hand me. Give me <laughs> like, the well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. White Claw, Trader Joe's, Two Buck Chuck, like that's my jam. But finding out that there's like different tiers and then there's the Louis the 15th, some sort of whiskey or something that is like just really, really, truly expensive. Like Rihanna talks about it, talks about it, sings about it in a song. Seeing them being like, yeah, I'm going to order this. It was like, wow, like that's something I have literally never thought of doing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Or like the same like with like art and things like that. Like I, I don't think I've had... I don't think I've really seen anyone buy anything where I was like, it, it felt like so crazy. Like, yeah. but obviously like art and, and I think like keeping your house nice and like, <laughs> um, first of all, owning a house. I'm like, whoa, wow. yeah. oh my God, so many wow. things yeah. you have to pay for. Yeah. Uh, Cause like, that's a lot of what I would do uh, working oh for people. A hot tub with, pool? Yeah. Right. It's like the guy yeah. has to come to like, do something with the fountain you know like i stuff like that and you're like yes oh yeah like that's all money and like and just like you know and you realize you're like oh yeah that painting is beautiful yes yeah (laughs) totally (laughs) i wish i had that in my house so maybe one day it's very interesting to see like which things are like worth the upgrade in terms of like when you because i don't i don't know why this came to mind but one time I was on a date. It was like this, it was on a date. We were back at this person's house, moneyed, and they brought out the nicest handcuffs. It was like Tempur-Pedic. These were like Tempur-Pedic wow. handcuffs. And I was really like, it was one of those moments where I was like, huh. With most of that stuff, I'm like, I'll try anything once kind of thing. Like of less of like a, less of like a confidence and expertise to like have my own kind of like bullpen. Yeah. Write um, your own set. Yes, yes, yeah. I don't have my own set. I can just imagine if I were buying stuff, though, like, I would see, like, $500 something and be like, yeah. no way. Like, absolutely not. Totally. And then in the moment, I was like, this is so fucking Yes! This yes. is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Now once you're like, you... I need these handcuffs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, once you see it happen, you're like, oh, my God, I do want to know what that tastes like. Or, like, like even just watching, like, gourmet food network shows and you see, like, this, like, delicious meal that costs, like, $300 and you're like you know what? I kind of want to do it. Like, yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. My thing was candles. Like, mm. my, uh, I had some bosses that had, like, I think one of those, like, dip tea candles. Like, one of those really nice candles. And I would, like, light it when I was there. And then I was like, I should probably not light this every time I'm here. <laughs> it's their candle. But <laughs> I ended up buying one for myself because I was like, this is a luxury I actually need. Yes. yes. And then I stopped because I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> We're a candle. But... <laughs> Do you have trouble like using the nice things you buy yourself? Or yes. is it pretty easy for you? No, to, like... once I buy it, I'm like, oh, I made that choice. I'm so jealous. I got to do it. Yeah. I'm like, I must savor this item that I Oh, bought. like if it's a candle? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I get that. Yeah, you're like, I have to make I have this to last. A little yeah. Bit. yeah. Only on I, Christmas. Yeah. Like when my friends are over. <laughs> yeah, I think I got to a, like with the, I'm like, let me just keep talking about a candle. I think I got to the point where I was like, well, I know I'm not going to buy another one of these. So I'll just light it whenever I like enjoy it while I have it and then it'll be gone. Oh, I love that. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm trying to get better about enjoying stuff while I have it. I saw a tweet that really haunts and inspires me to this day. I was like, I was cleaning out my grandma's stuff after she passed 
and there was all this like really expensive perfume and lipstick that she like never used because she like hoarded it for special occasions it was like i'm just here to tell you to like use the nice perfume like the fancy lipstick like all that Home Alone 2 roller skates monologue where uh, Macaulay Culkin, (laughs) I think about this all the time. Oh, I want to hear. So Macaulay Culkin is talking to the pigeon lady who lives in the park. Right. And he makes this like, I don't know, he connects her story to his story, which is like, one year I got these like beautiful roller skates for Christmas. And then they were so beautiful that he was like, I must preserve it and like only use it on special occasions. And he never got to wear them because it's like savoring them. And then before he knew it, his feet grew and he couldn't fit into those roller Aww. skates anymore. So it's like, if you have it, use it, appreciate it. Enjoy like, it. That's how you love objects. Right, because there's like nothing worse than like when something expires and you're like, oh my God, like I played myself. Yeah. Also, Home Alone 2 scared me so much. <laughs> I'm a very sensitive lady in all regards. Tim Curry? And the what? The, Tim Curry? Was he bricks? too scary? No, the bricks. The scene where he's throwing bricks off of a really big high-rise building in New York <laughs> and it's hitting this guy in the face. That violence was too upsetting for Your me. Your sensitivity <laughs> was for the wet bandits. The guys who yeah. came back to like I don't like watching violence. I don't like it. I don't know. I something. I feel like I'm broken because I'm like, everybody no. else is being like a normal functioning adult. No, you're kind. You're, you I'm scared. I'm underdeveloped. No, 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 <laughs> there is no, 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 no. I have my inner child reign supreme. No, <laughs> like, she we should never all got... be like you. You're correct. I'm crazy no, for being like, my inner oh, child is a no. dictator. Brick to the face. An iron on his, a hot iron to his face. <laughs> yeah. The door, the doorknob. <laughs> Thing. Yeah, they literally set what's his face's head on fire. Not Al Pacino. What is his name? <laughs> what is that actor's name? He's a great actor. He, Joe Pesci. Why Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. You have to say it like that. So Bravo Cop. Bravo Cop. Yeah. Oh yeah, back to Bravo Cop. No, no, no. No, I love. I feel like I would live for a dance. Well, yeah. that's my thing. Is like when I'm in assistant mode, I'm like the suck up of the century. <laughs> oh my god, that is so real. Like, ask me to do anything, and I'm like. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't do it yesterday. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm like, oh, Anne has this task, let's do it right now. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I the love way, it. It's like you'll like bend over backwards, like be like sweaty, stressed, going somewhere three minutes before it closes to get something that was out of stock. Yeah. That you like somehow like finagled your way. And then like the number of times afterwards it's like, no problem. Oh my god, happy to. Yeah, like, yeah. I wasn't like sweating and crying in my car. <laughs> like, like oh thanks. I didn't need this for a week. And I'm like, great. <laughs> it is a thing where like I I'm still working on this in therapy and stuff where I'm like I will do anything for you and nothing for myself like Mm, I you know like I've had jobs where I've had to like keep things neat and clean no codependence for sure I mean yes absolutely Absolutely. that was weird I'm not a therapist I'm not a licensed oh well you nailed me so don't worry uh I'm not offended um but like yeah I'd be like like my I, I have ADD and I'm so like when I'm at work I'm like I have to be like hyper focused and like so my like home it would be like a mess like I'd never do my own laundry mm-hmm. like I just let things pile up my car would be a mess like everything and then because I was like so all my energy was spent on making things perfect in my in my career like in work and so now I'm trying to do the thing where I'm like, oh, you can also take care of your own space and, like, value that. That's so funny because I feel like I always thought of you, especially after you were my assistant, I was like, Molly is so much more on top of things than I am. <laughs> like, Well, and how many times have I had you over my apartment? Probably 
Never. I don't have people over. I don't drive people because, like, that's my message. Oh, my God. I, my car will get really bad. And it's, it's horrible. There's nothing more socially anxiety provoking than thinking people are going to, like, where it's, like, it definitely makes no sense for me to give you a ride. And I can't let you see my car. I've pretended that I, at one time, I was out to dinner (laughs) and I knew, like, this is so bad. But I was with, like, three people and, like, I think one of them, like, I could have offered a ride to or something. And I go, oh, I'm, I took a lift here, which I didn't. And then they were like, oh, I got away from my lift, too. And then I had to get in a lift. This is so embarrassing to admit oh, this. this. I got in a lift and had it drive me like, I don't know, maybe like five minutes. Because <laughs> that's how much I didn't want to offer someone a ride. But it was, it wasn't because, like, I don't want to no, be kind the of people. No, it's shame of a dirty it was, car. It wasn't me, was it? Because I don't care. My car. No, I, I would tell. Like, now I'm better. Okay, I've, yeah. like, worked on it. This was, like, a couple years ago. And I my ex-boyfriend, I, I told him at the time when we were dating. And I, like, came home and told him. And he was like, you know, you can just tell people that, like, your car's too messy. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think so. But then I worked on it. And so now I'll, like, be more honest. I'll be like, I really am not in the, I'm not in the mental space to try. No, my, I get it. My car is, that is the only thing, like, I'm a fairly clean person. When I'm stressed out, I like to organize. But my car is the one space that is just wrecked. It's, like, literally the stuff that slips through my fingers. Yeah, totally. It's on the floor, on the seats, Everywhere. on the center console. Yes. Yeah. And I was on a date not long ago and it was like oh let me walk you to your car and I was nightmare. Like, nightmare nightmare because then you're gonna look in the windows yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah, also, yeah. you know my car is scratches from the first six months i moved yeah. to la mm-hmm. from the hit and runs like <laughs> you like my car's Nail busted like yes. not only is the interior embarrassing the exterior is borderline yeah. like sketchy dirty yes. as fuck <laughs> dirty, dirty 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 girl with a dirty dirty car <laughs> but and it was like daytime so you could see inside and I was like how about I walk you to your car so we walked to my date's car but we were talking and having fun so they were ultimately like oh I'll walk you to your car that's so cute I know it is very cute but very anxiety provoking very anxiety provoking but very cute so I was like well I'm having fun so might as well maybe we'll like get a smooch in absolutely (laughs) did you I did. Okay, just a so, little Well, was, <laughs> right, was right. their car incredibly clean? Was their car incredibly clean? Fuck those people. Incredibly Congratulations. Clean. I wish I was you and fuck you. That's insane. When <laughs> people have like a fucking pristine, like, I'm like, do you have a like, hot? Like, I was like, oh my God, yeah. you so clean. Like, that's yeah. so sexy. <laughs> right now, my car's really clean because it got to a point where it was like, so bad and I recently moved and there was like, just like so much shit yeah. in it that I like did a thing where I, I was like, I take Ritalin for ADD and I was like taking a Ritalin and cleaning my car today yeah. and it took like all day and but then what I do as like a self-care thing is I then take it to the car wash and get like the interior Love clean. that. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it so, that's another thing about being an assistant. It's so nerve-wracking to drive someone else's car. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, we don't talk about valets enough. There's people <laughs> who have to... Like, for their fucking job. Oh, my God. Parallel park. Yes. Back up into crazy tight spaces. Yeah. All strangers' cars. And it's, like, even with your boss, which is someone who you, like, know. Yeah. And where it's, like, you're usually, in, like, it's terrifying. Terrifying. It's ter- I hate, and I'm not a good driver. Like, I was in New York for so long and I didn't have to drive. 
that like I'm just like please never make me do that <laughs> I had my boss in New York that was like I remember one one time I had to like drive this van and it, I ended up like I couldn't find a parking space I was like waiting for my boss and and other people I was working with to like come meet me at the van oh. or something and they just found me like in the middle of the street in New York <laughs> like in the middle of traffic like sort of parked being like someone get in the driver's seat <laughs> someone's an <sedate> me <laughs> And they were like, okay, Molly's not going to drive again. <laughs> Good. Oh, my God. We're going to talk a little. We're going to. This is a little bit of tea, but in this, but stay in the safe zone. Yes. Uh, lawyers, keep keep high alert for this segment. Yes. <laughs> Lawyer alert. Hi, lawyers. You should have a sound, sound cue for that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But when my car became a celebrity in its own right, because, you know, when Sandoval hit. There was a photo. This is something I can say as somebody who is not in this work environment. Yes. There was, when Scandaval hit, there were photos galore of all the Vanderpump cast members, obviously mostly Tom and Ariana, and Anne's car was featured. <laughs> and my car, the third person involved. <laughs> Which, good, you know, that's a nerve-wracking thing, is how much can you zoom in on that photo and see yeah, how messy can the they car see the is. Can they see that the That would mess. be my first concern. That would be... To be doxxed in that way. To have your car. In the middle of one of the biggest scandals. It's like, but look at that car. But also, can I just say, though, when I, when I get to a point where, like, that trusted, beautiful point where someone lets me in their dirty car, Mm. the wave of relief I feel. The Mm. way, I feel so close to somewhere I'm like, you and me, girl. Totally. I'm a dirty, dirty, dirty girl with a dirty, dirty car, too. (laughs) Just a reminder for anybody else who has a dirty, dirty car, you probably make people feel safe. Is it weird that, like, I feel safer, so, like, you know, like, I date women and men. I feel like when... For those that want to slide into the DMs. DMs. Yeah. Just a casual mention there. Equal opportunity, baby. (laughs) The last time I dated a female and she got in my car, I was less... I don't know, there's... This is my weird thing, but I'm like, oh, you won't judge me as much, maybe, because there's this thing in my brain that I'm like, boys love cars. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will say because I'm somewhat recently single, like, being single uh, makes me way better at cleaning. Yes. Yes. I'm like, what if I have a good date and yes. someone comes mm-hmm. over? It's great. And your, yeah. your, like, panty game gets better, too. Totally. I feel like we should <laughs> talk to you more about BravoCon. Yeah, let's do it. One of our fun side jobs that we had was um, babysitting Schwartz's mom. I mean, oh. babysitting is like a fun word that we use. She, yeah, she was did, she, yeah. she was doing great on her own. But yeah, he was like running around from thing to thing. So at one point, he was like, "Hey, hang out with my mom," and I was like, "This is the coolest woman I've ever met." Yeah, <laughs> I am obsessed with Schwartz's mom. Yeah, she's so sweet. She's so sweet. She's so cool. She's beautiful. Some men, you just get the... I'm like, I know you have a hot mom. Yeah. Like, totally. It's like there's something about the way that they move through the world where I'm like, I know your mom is so stunning. So yeah. Schwartz's mom. Schwartz's mom. one of them. Hot like mom. 12 out of 10. Stunning hot babe. <laughs> yeah. She was just really nice too and like really... It's also like this was when we were at... Um, this was after like BravoCon. It was like BravoCon After Dark and it was a a show that um, uh, Tom Sandoval and the most extras were playing. So it was like they were busy and we were sort of like hanging out in the VIP area, which was very cool. But it was also like we were just surrounded by Bravo Lebs who like 
they're all hanging out with each other like mm-hmm. no one was mean but also like we were not going up to anyone because we were yeah. like no one totally. knows who we are yeah <laughs> um but we're like surrounded by the like summer house cast oh my god yes it's like being the friends from camp at a bar mitzvah where it's like it's it's vast majority is like school friends like local yeah. friends and then there's like a few people from like a different social circle where it's not like they're being dickish celebrities yeah. who think you're better than other people it's just the literal nature of like you just yeah. like they're friends they're familiar with each other and you're like hello we, we yeah. were the extras in the lost episode like there's like right. the lost main cast and then there's just like people in the background it was we kind of like fun to watch them all just like having a good time and yeah. like not performing because this was also when they didn't they weren't like in Aww. in like doing photo ops can i share a cute moment between kyle and amanda sure i remember, I remember so before the concert started, everyone, they were, like, together in the upper booth area, that, like, yeah. top deck, where it's, like, the VIP area. Yeah. And then everyone was, like, chanting, like, kiss, kiss. Oh, that's cute. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. And then they kissed, and everyone was, like, woo! I thought that was so cute. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was all, like, it was cute to just, like, watch them hanging out with each other. Yeah. And then just, it was, like, nice to just hang out with Schwartz's mom. Yes. She's, what a dream. I'm, I adore her so much. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Did she, like, reference anything about what it's like to have her son be so visible or, like, be in the reality space? She told us that Schwartz, ever since, like, birth, like, as a baby, just had the best smile. And she's like, "Oh, every time I see him smile, think of baby Schwartz smiling, too. And that melted my heart. That's really cute. So cute. I'm like... This was at, we were off the clock, so I was pretty <laughs> tipsy. Yeah, so I'm like, what are these stories? Yeah. Oh yeah, we got a lot of free booze, which we got a lot of free booze. Hell rules. Yeah. yeah, I smoke a lot of weed, and my goal for that oh, night, yeah, was like, I want to smoke a joint with Schwartz's mom. Like, yeah, I'm we like, never got to. We never got to. You know, we were like, <laughs> we gotta find weed. <laughs> yeah. It's like the most desperate I've ever been to find drugs because Schwartz's mom was there. We had to smoke her out. We had to. We had too. I know, and we never did. Maybe one day. One day, yeah. Um, in the VIP area, just like observing body language, um, was anybody like super charismatic and funny? Oh, good question. I think that was the first time I had met Ariana. Mm. Um, because, yeah, that was the first time I met Ariana, and like, Anne introduced me, and she was it was she was just sort of immediately like, oh my god, yeah, I know who you are. Schwartz was this way too when I met him, like, yeah. Just like, oh my god, yeah, I know who you are. I've seen you on Anne's stories. Like, hey, like as if we're like old friends. Yeah. Ariana was like that, and Schwartz was like that when I met him. He was like, you're Molly. Like, hey, great. And that like makes the biggest difference. Yeah. When yeah. someone just treats you like they're excited to meet you, like yeah. that, you know, and yes. it feels genuine. It's like a huge thing. And these are people who had been like working all day meeting so thousands of people right. so for them to just be like oh my god hey molly i'm like oh i feel seen it was like very sweet i liked that a lot and i thought that was like that's so telling of like who they are as people oh my, i do talk about you all the time to ariana <laughs> like, <laughs> so she's like finally <laughs> i didn't actually think about it in that clear term so it's like people they're literally like it is their job to meet people yeah and so oh, yeah do it, like and, pro bono like just for fun like, i know i'm like yeah, because BravoCon, that I feel like when you hear the Bravo Loves talking about it, that is the main thing they say is like they're like it's so fun and it's so like great, but it is a job, and we are you just have to be on 
all day. So this was like their time to not necessarily be on. And I'm like, here I am. Meet me too. Well, we also met Katie and Lala at the airport. I met Katie and Lala at the airport because Anne and I were on their flight. Okay, fun. And so like I. first class. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We were in economy. Yeah. I remember like going to get coffee or something when we landed and Anne was waiting at baggage claim. And then when I got over there, she was with Katie and Lala, who obviously she knows. And like, if you're getting off a cross country flight, like I give you permission to be the biggest monster in the world. And <laughs> Absolutely. They, and they weren't like they were great, like super nice. Lala talks to you as if she's known you for yeah. years like makes hard eye contact and is just like you know we were talking about like the merch booths at BravoCon and how they work and she was just like so engaged and again genuine and I remember saying to her like oh so are you excited for the weekend and she goes she was like of course this is the only place in the world people are going to treat me like I'm Beyonce of course I'm excited and I was like that's (laughs) the best answer anyone could give to that question that's so true I think that is one of the elements that must be really hard for people in specifically the reality space. It's like the opposite of best of both worlds where it's like there's so many people who are like you have like the microscope of celebrity that you're under of like you are so scrutinized, you're so punished if you fuck up. There are all of these ways where it's like as a person like your privacy is kind of like people feel entitled to like invade it. X, y, totally. But then there's also, like, you're so stigmatized. You're so look at, like, you are trash. What do you do? You mm. shouldn't even be famous. Yeah, it's, I'm sure it's a really crazy space to be in. Yeah. In that like, way. At least yeah. with, like, someone like Emma Stone, it's like, yeah, like, her personal life, like, is so invaded. You know, people just, like, make it not possible for her to, like, move through the world freely. Yes. But it's, like, it's Emma Stone. Right. And it's, it's like, like, actor, like, Academy Award winning actor prestige. Right. Yes, prestige. Where, yeah, where, like, reality TV, you could be putting in a lot of work and a lot of your personal life, you know, like, I don't know, I, I think it's because it's, like, such a new form of television, maybe, yeah. that we don't quite Yeah, and the yet. idea is it's, like, we're sort of acting, but we're not acting. We're being ourselves, but it's a produced show. It's, like, a weird mm-hmm. in-between space. Yeah, and it's, like, real life does happen in this world, but some things aren't real life, or, like, you're, you know, like, the cameras roll, and you do you do that, like, I'm engaging, like, I'm in the moment, whereas, like, in real life, you'd be like, I'm tired, I'm gonna be thinking about a, other Right, things. you right. can't, like, zone out. But, yeah, and I do also think, like, it would be easy to uh, to be going into an event like BravoCon and be like, oh, I'm sort of dreading it, it's gonna be exhausting and, mm. like, weird, and I gotta, like, interact with, like, who knows who, <laughs> but to yeah. be like, of course I'm excited, are you kidding? It was, yeah. like, so nice to hear. So nice. Like, Aw. Yeah, that's, that's someone who, like, appreciates their fans and the people that care about that yeah I'm really curious like I think people talk about the role of like photoshop or editing or like enhancement and like talk about like kind of like doctored media images of people and how we like apply that to like real human flesh beauty standards like Mm -hmm. I'm asking this question like I just want to clarify like from that angle and not like a who looks fucking old in person right but like in seeing people in person versus how they appear on your tv did you feel like there were major discrepancies was it really a very personal person Stunning. Rich people have the money <laughs> to laser, to whatever beauty, creams, whatever it is. Like, all that shit works. And they're doing it. I don't oh, know yeah, what the yeah, secret. Yeah. yeah. Everyone looked amazing. Yeah. Poreless, poreless skin. Like, you can say whatever you want about, like, whether they inject too much, whatever. But, like, you know, housewives. Not a wrinkle. 
not a pore on their face. <laughs> I'm so stuck on these pores because I'm really self-conscious about my own pores. Literally. Like, you look in the mirror and it's like Ren and Stimpy extreme close-up moment. Then you open the car mirror, <laughs> yes. nothing oh, was worse nightmare. for esteem than looking is... at your skin in the car mirror. Yeah. yeah. Pure daylight shining on your skin. You yeah. see everything. It was sort of funny, in again, in the Javits Center, which is like fluorescent lighting yeah. and stuff, because like... BravoCon is also on camera. Yeah. And so, like, ev- like especially, like, the housewives and stuff. Actually, probably all the Bravo loves, but they had camera makeup full on. Glam. Yeah. So to see full glam in person, it's like when you're, like, getting ready for a wedding or when, yeah. you know, like, I was a maid of honor recently, and it's like you get the makeup on when you're still in your pajamas, and you look in the mirror, and you're like, oh, what? <laughs> and then you put your outfit on, and you're in the pictures, and it's, like, great. Yeah. But it was, it was sort of funny, that vibe, because it was like, oh, my God, they're so glammed up at, 11 in the morning and also at like 3 in the morning at night we got went into the elevator and one of the housewives I believe of Potomac came in yes and I I hadn't watched Potomac yet now I watched Potomac it was Ashley Darby I think okay yes all three of us were drunk in the elevator and like kind of tipsy and swaying and then we started chatting and she was so nice so nice so sweet and then she got out of the elevator and I turned to Molly and was like, who was that stunning woman? Yeah, yeah. I think it was Ashley Darby. Yeah. yeah I'm I think pretty you're sure. right. Because I remember, yeah, I remember thinking that too, being like, oh, she's so stunning. I, I will say like, I'm sort of glad that we were there two years ago and not this yeah. year when like Ozempic Oh my god. Can we talk about that? But yes. I, that's like sort of I love like I know at this BravoCon Sonia Morgan said something about like because they were like oh have you like I forget what the question was something about like who were you most excited to see again or whatever and she was like I don't recognize a lot of people because they're all on <laughs> The ones who admit that they're on it which is like not a lot of them I'm like oh good for you like Dolores from Jersey was like yeah, I'm on it. And I'm like, at least you admit it so people understand that it's not just like, oh, everyone's just dieting and exercising more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's the fucking lie that the diet industry tries to feed you. Right. Even though no diets are effective, oftentimes they make you gain weight. They don't do studies that measure long-term effects. They only do crash ones where you're starving your body before correct. your body is like, we're in starvation mode. We need to regather. Every-. Sorry. Correct, um, correct. Absolutely. But, and, but I do think that's also like, I feel like there's something so specific. It's like, as an assistant or as just like support staff, like you know when someone's on his own pick. It's like it's like the stuff where it's like and you will watch people and like not speaking from personal experience, not referencing any single job here. Yeah. Like at all. But like you know if your boss is doing something and you know if they were being honest about it. Mm-hmm. Oh it's yeah. Crazy. Of course. Like of I course. saw that at like late night shows in New York. I saw that in Hollywood. Like it's just like really interesting. Well, like not everything. Yeah. I would say I didn't know about something. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't know about some big things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I think everyone understands. Should we, wait, should we do like last plugs? Plug, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I I watched The Connors on ABC. We premiere pretty soon. Um, And uh, I I write for a mod team at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in Los Angeles. Uh, So you can see us the last Wednesdays of every month i just want to say like taking the photo booth pictures with you at BravoCon was the most fun oh that was really fun we yeah. got to like walk around before it opened and like do a lot of fun like a lot of the fun like photo booth and yeah. like 
we should video post experiences. those on like Patreon wherever yeah, we're gonna do that. That's a good idea. Yeah, that would be really a lot of fun. I my compliment for you <laughs> is I feel like in the few number of times I've met you, it's very apparent to me that you are a very trustworthy person, and oh, I don't thank know you. like exactly how to put into words like what combination of attributes makes me feel that way. But I just like in a way where I'm like I really like trustworthy in the sense that like I feel like you would like have someone's back, and I just think like you Aww. would do right by people. Oh my gosh, In thank general. you. That's so nice. That's really yeah. yeah. Well, Molly you... is hilarious and oh. has like the most amazing heart. Oh. Yeah. Well, talented, smart, you're everything. You're you... beautiful. Oh my god, stop. Stop. Charisma, uniqueness, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> Yes, yes. Well, you guys are both amazing and I I really it's so easy to talk to you guys, which you need for podcast hosts. And you're lovely and I think this is such a good idea and it's going to go so well. It's going to be so fun. Thank you so much, Molly. We love you. We love you guys. Thank you. Molly is a dream. Molly is a dream. Isn't she? Every friend you introduce me to, I love. And I'm like, I feel like they're my friend now. Absolutely. 100%. I absolutely love Molly. She is one of the most special people on the planet. I could talk about how much I love her till... My face turns blue. Absolutely. I totally (laughs) see that. And I also, like, you know, obviously we didn't say who she worked for, but she's Mm -hmm. worked for some really, like, high-profile, intriguing folks. And so it's like having somebody who's that cool and insightful to speak about some very high-up people. Yeah, maybe on – she's very funny, so maybe on our Patreon uh, we could, like, post some fun videos of her or something. Ooh. <laughs> if I have any. That's yeah. We'll we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see what's in we'll the We'll see, yeah. What's in the What is what do you store at videos? My phone? The roll? The camera roll? <laughs> the camera roll, the video the roll. The pantry, the video pantry. <laughs> the video pantry. You know, we'll just rummage around the video pantry for a little bit. Absolutely. <laughs> so thank you so much to Molly before we end our show. Yes. We're going to do a little segment. Sit down class. You're not dismissed. <laughs> You're not dismissed. Yet again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> School's not over, folks. Don't look at that clock. Look at me. Look at me. Listen to us. I don't have a clock in my kitchen. What? Sorry. <laughs> sorry that's not related. <laughs> but it devastates me every day. <laughs> Christmas, if anybody wants to buy you a present. <laughs> Is that Nick Manda's boyfriend? So, yes. thank you so much, Molly. We are going to hit you with another fun and flirty comedy segment as we are going mm-hmm. to end all of our shows. Mm-hmm. What are we doing today, Anne? We are going to admit who we are apologists for in the Bravo reality world. Yes. That's right. Because as much as there's people who we can all, as a collective, agree, you know, haven't gone about things in the right way, yeah. maybe need to be held accountable, there's other people where... You just have a soft spot for them. You just, you just love do. them. Like, I know technically these people are, you know, there's heroes and villains in the reality TV world. Like, that's part of the storytelling. But, you know, sometimes these villains are just, like, such funny little cutie pies. I can't help it. <laughs> right. And sometimes they're not villains. They're just dum-dums. And that's okay, too. <laughs> so, Amanda, mm. who are you an apologist for? Thank you for asking. I am an apologist for none other than the real housewife of Salt Lake City, Whitney. I love Whitney. I know she has the voice of like a cheerleader. Yeah. Who's. (laughs) Who's horny. (laughs) 
voice of like a yeah a cheerleader who's like trying to save for college by like working for a phone sex line. I love her because she reminds me of Melanie Griffith's character in Working Girl or Born Yesterday, where she's just this like cute, bubbly, sexy lady who just happens to be also very smart, but everybody underestimates her because she's such a cutie pie. Absolutely. And I think she is one of these people. Part of the reason I am a Whitney apologist is because I think she's someone for whom, because she doesn't necessarily like present or speak in a way that everyone associates with intelligence, I think everyone is really likely to believe stuff that they read or storylines presented by the producers about her being like, petty or ridiculous or over the top etc but we saw during the reunion part three she was the first person to walk over and like sit with heather mm. and hug her yeah and you can tell she's done a lot of therapy from the way so, she was talking i love it yes and like she has done oh, work on herself we both have um cptsd <laughs> i'm like we're best friends yes <laughs> We both probably have done EMDR therapy in our lives. Absolutely. And so regardless of how offended she might get about comments about her and her husband bathing together, I will always be a Whitney apologist because I think she's a sweetheart through and through. I truly do love a very good, sexy baby woman voice. You do. You do. Oh, I just love. And in that way, I'm an Anne apologist. (laughs) Yes, and and I apologize myself. I don't know why. I just love it. You know, something I'm kind of thinking of right now is it's like, I guess the definition of an apologist is someone where they behave in a way that maybe you would never behave, but you still, like, don't think less of them. Yeah, you feel a little guilt for loving them, but... But whatever. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, the majority is like, "Eh," but you're like, no, I like this person. I like this person. I do. I do. I will (laughs) softly defend them. (laughs) Oh, do you know what would be so cute? What we really need is a comedians in cars getting coffee type show with Bryn Whitfield of Housewives of New York City and Whitney of Housewives of Salt Lake City. And they're just both two sexy, horny housewives hanging out. Like ultimate girls road trip. Yeah. For reality TV. Peas in a pod. Hot and horny peas in a pod. <laughs> <laughs> if they ever do a podcast, please use that title. Oh, Hot and God. horny peas in a pod. We would be so honored. <laughs> now, Anne. Yes. Who is somebody that you are an apologist for? <laughs> I am an apologist for Tom Schwartz. <laughs> <gasps> Gasp. <laughs> Gasp. He's just so nice and fun. I know he's also a, a stinky butt, poo-poo head sometimes. An enabler. <laughs> poo-poo head. Sorry, I just think of James. Poo-poo Kennedy. head. Poo-poo. Poo-poo head. <laughs> you too. Poo-poo heads. <laughs> so good. But you know, whenever I see him, he's just so nice and always has nice things to say. And, and I'm very weak to people buying me things. And he always buys me a drink. If I ever step foot into Schwartz and Sandy's after a UCB show or something and he's there he always buys me a drink that is so nice and that is a really good trait of people especially like successful people who have the means yeah it is so thoughtful and I think a drink is the perfect thing because it doesn't make you feel weird there's no like oh like is should am I accepting too much charity from you because like sometimes that does go through my brain and it's like it's just such a casual classy (laughs) Love it. Daddy, buy me drinks. <laughs> and that's why Anne can pull off internet, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and why I am simply too scared. 
Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of, and I will say, Schwartz, he's got such a cute little grin. Yeah. He's got a grin, and you just, you want to see him smiling. Yeah. And that's his fatal flaw, is that he just, he wants people to always be smiling, and sometimes people shouldn't be smiling because they fucked up real bad, and they need to be held accountable. Haven't you seen that Pixar movie, Inside and Out? Oh my god, I'm imagining, like, if Schwartz were in emotion, (laughs) it would be like, chuckle bumble. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Schwartz is one of those people who you really are rooting for to make good decisions. A lot of times... (laughs) <laughs> you might not agree with the decision, but he's really close. He's right around the corner. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you want him to retake the test. You're like, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Ultimately, you did get a 60. So it's like we're <laughs> not, we're in D minus territory. I do believe you failed, but I really want you to retake this test. Please study up for another week and then come back to my classroom. <laughs> I will let you, you know, like the, did teachers ever do that for you? I feel like at my school every now and then teachers would be like on the down low for like someone be like, you want to retake this test? You know, that didn't happen to me, but I think it's safe to admit this now. So I was in uh, IB biology my senior year in high school, I think. For anybody who doesn't know, the IB or the International Baccalaureate System is this, a lot of international schools use it, thus the name, but it is like this incredibly rigorous, incredibly tense coursework. Think AP classes on crack. Yeah, I didn't take the test. (laughs) I got a little crack con over in me. (laughs) Like, possibly has the potential and interest, but ultimately rather go smoke pot at home. <laughs> um, but but I, I love the class. And I and I did, I think, to my own horn, I think I did pretty good. But I walked into class one day and my friend turned to me and said, hey, did you study for the exam? I had no idea that there was an exam. So I just turned around and walked out the door. <laughs> and I told my biology teacher that I had major diarrhea. And so I had to go home because I pooped my pants. <laughs> and he allowed me to retake the test. And that is a brilliant lesson for everybody that if you say you have diarrhea, people aren't going to ask follow-up questions. They don't want to engage with it. It's icky. It's sad. It's embarrassing for everyone. And that is a brilliant move. Voila. Diarrhea. 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 Voila. Thank you so much for listening. We love you so much. You could donate on our Patreon. We got some fun little treats for you. If you want a picture of Amanda's upskirt, we need to explain that. Well, or just go on our Patreon and (laughs) join our Patreon. You'll understand exactly what we mean when we reference Amanda's upskirt photo. description alone for the Patreon tiers is some of the funniest writing I've ever seen. So huge shout out to Anne for that. 75% of the photos were rendered useless. <laughs> so if you're curious what I'm referring to, please check out our Patreon. Yeah. Also, if you're not already, hit this show with a little bit of a follow. Hit us with a subscribe. Please leave us a review. We are going to pull an absolute Robbie Hoffman, Rachel Colley, as they say on Too Far, good reviews only. If you have something mean to say, text it to a bitchy friend. <laughs> but do not put it where our eyes can see it. We are sensitive, delicate Sensitive girlies. little snowflakes. Please, 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 please. So if you have something good to say, let us know. If you have something bad to say. A foam just fell off the wall. <laughs> yeah, another reason to donate to our Patreon. Yeah. Um, we We're falling che- apart at the seams. We have we have that like cheap foam for soundproofing, and it's just peeling off like crazy. You'll help us elevate our legal fund. Um, we cannot wait until we have a lawyer involved who can tell us exactly where that line is because right now we're not getting too close to it. So if you want more and more goss, if you want more, more and more juice, support us and we would be so grateful. And we're just happy you listened. Thank you. Thank you, angels. Thank you, daddies. We'll see you next Wednesday. See you next Wednesday. Bye.
The mailbox is full and cannot accept any messages at this time. Goodbye.